Section 2 of Rough Notes Taken During Some Rapid Journeys Across the Pampas and Among the Andes by Francis Bond Head. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The situation of the gaucho is naturally independent of the political troubles which engross the attention of the inhabitants of the towns. The population or number of these gauchos is very small and at great distances from each other they are scattered here and there over the face of the country many of these people are descended from the best families in spain they possess good manners and often very noble sentiments the life they lead is very interesting they generally inhabit the hut in which they were born and in which their fathers and grandfathers lived before them although it appears to the stranger to possess few of the allurements of dulce domen the huts are built in the same simple form for although luxury has ten thousand plans and elevations for the frail abode of its more frail tenant yet the hut in all countries is the same and therefore there is no difference between that of the south american gaucho and the highlander of scotland except that the former is built of mud and covered with long yellow grass while the other is formed of stones and thatched with heather the materials of both are the immediate produce of the soil and both are so blended in color with the face of the country that it is often difficult to distinguish them and as the pace at which one gallops in south america is rapid and the country flat one scarcely discovers the dwelling before one is at the door the corral is about fifty or one hundred yards from the hut and is a circle of about thirty yards in diameter enclosed by a number of strong rough posts the ends of which are struck into the ground upon these posts are generally a number of idle-looking vultures or hawks and the ground around the hut and corral is covered with bones and carcasses of horses bullocks horns wool etc which give it the smell and appearance of an ill-kept dog kennel in england the hawks are very tame and they are seldom to be seen except at the huts but occasionally they have followed me for many leagues keeping just before me and with their round black eyes gazing intently on my face which i fancied attracted their notice from being burnt by the sun and i literally often thought they were a little inclined to taste it they are constantly in the habit of attacking the horses and mules who have sore backs and i have often observed these birds hovering about six inches above them it is curious to compare the countenance of the two animals the hawk with his head bent downwards and his eye earnestly fixed upon the wound the mule with his back crouched down his ears lying back whisking his tail afraid to eat and apparently not knowing whether to rear or kick the hut generally consists of one room in which all the family live boys 
girls men women and children all huddled together the kitchen is a detached shed a few yards off there are always holes both in the walls and in the roof of the hut which one at first considers as singular marks of the indolence of the people in the summer this abode is so filled with fleas and binchucas which are bugs as large as black beetles that the whole family sleep on the ground in front of their dwelling and when the traveller arrives at night and after unsaddling his horse walks among this sleeping community he may place the saddle or recado on which he is to sleep close to the companion most suited to his fancy an admirer of innocence may lie down by the side of a sleeping infant a melancholy man may slumber near an old black woman and one who admires the fairer beauties of creation may very demurely lay his head on his saddle within a few inches of the idol he adores however there is nothing to assist the judgment but the bare feet and ankles of all the slumbering group for their heads and bodies are covered and disguised by the skin and poncho which cover them in winter the people sleep in the hut and the scene is a very singular one as soon as the traveller's supper is ready the great iron spit on which the beef has been roasted is brought into the hut and the point is struck into the ground the gaucho then offers his guest the skeleton of a horse's head and he and several of the family on similar seats sit round the spit from which with their long knives they cut very large mouthfuls the hut is lighted by a feeble lamp made of bullock's tallow and it is warmed by a fire of charcoal on the walls of the hut are hung upon bones two or three bridles and spurs and several lassoes and bolas on the ground are several dark-looking heaps which one can never clearly distinguish on sitting down upon these when tired i have often heard a child scream underneath me and have occasionally been mildly asked by a young woman what i wanted at other times up has jumped an immense dog while i was once warming my hands at the fire of charcoal seated on a horse's head looking at the black roof in a reverie and fancying i was quite by myself i felt something touch me and saw two naked black children leaning over the charcoal in the attitude of two toads they had crept out from under some of the ponchos and i afterwards found that many other persons as well as some hens sitting upon eggs were also in the hut in sleeping in these huts the cock has often hopped upon my back to crow in the morning however as soon as it is daylight everybody gets up the life of the gaucho is very interesting and resembles that beautiful description which horace gives of the progress of a young eagle olim juventus et patrius vigor nido laborum propulit in schuma Vernice jam nimbus remotus, insolitos docure nisus, venti paventum mosh in ovilia, demisit hostum vividus impetus, 
nunc in reluctantes dracones agit amor dapis atque fugei readers note a seventeen seventy six translation by w green of these lines from horace's ode in praise of drusus read when forth he issues from the nest by youth and fire paternal pressed incumbent on the vernal gales with panting heart at first he fails unknowing in the skies till by degrees the fanning breeze administer the poise born in the rude hut the infant gaucho receives little attention but is left to swing from the roof in a bullock's hide the corners of which are drawn towards each other by four strips of hide in the first year of life he crawls about without clothes and i have more than once seen a mother give a child of this age a sharp knife a foot long to play with as soon as he walks his infantine amusements are those which prepare him for the occupations of his future life with a lasso made of twine he tries to catch little birds or the dogs as they walk in and out of the hut by the time he is four years old he is on horseback and immediately becomes useful by assisting to drive the cattle into the corral the manner in which these children ride is quite extraordinary if a horse tries to escape from the flock which are driven towards the corral i have frequently seen a child pursue him overtake him and then bring him back flogging him the whole way in vain the creature tries to dodge and escape from him for the child turns with him and always keeps close to him and it is a curious fact which i have often observed that a mounted horse is always able to overtake a loose one his amusements and his occupations soon become more manly careless of the biscacheras the holes of an animal called the biscacha which undermine the plains and which are very dangerous he gallops after the ostrich the gama the lion and the tiger he catches them with his bolas and with his lasso he daily assists in catching the wild cattle and in dragging them to the hut either for slaughter or to be marked he breaks in the young horses in the manner which i have described and in these occupations is often away from his hut many days changing his horse as soon as the animal is tired and sleeping on the ground as his constant food is beef and water his constitution is so strong that he is able to endure great fatigue and the distances he will ride and the number of hours that he will remain on horseback would hardly be credited the unrestrained freedom of such a life he fully appreciates and unacquainted with subjection of any sort his mind is often filled with sentiments of liberty which are as noble as they are harmless although they of course partake of the wild habits of his life vain is the endeavor to explain to him the luxuries and blessings of a more civilized life his ideas are that the noblest effort of man is to raise himself off the ground and ride 
instead of walk that no rich garments or variety of food can atone for the want of a horse and that the print of the human foot on the ground is in his mind the symbol of uncivilization the gaucho has by many people been accused of indolence those who visit his hut find him at the door with his arms folded and his poncho thrown over his left shoulder like a spanish cloak his hut is in holes and would evidently be made more comfortable by a few hours labor in a beautiful climate he is without fruit or vegetables surrounded by cattle he is often without milk he lives without bread and he has no food but beef and water and therefore those who contrast his life with that of the english peasant accuse him of indolence but the comparison is inapplicable and the accusation unjust and any one who will live with the gaucho and will follow him through his exertions will find that he is anything but indolent and his surprise will be that he is able to continue a life of so much fatigue it is true that the gaucho has no luxuries but the great feature of his character is that he is a person without wants accustomed constantly to live in the open air and to sleep on the ground he does not consider that a few holes in his hut deprive him of its comfort it is not that he does not like the taste of milk but he prefers being without it to the everyday occupation of going in search of it he might it is true make cheese and sell it for money but if he has got a good saddle and good spurs he does not consider that money has much value in fact he is contented with his lot and when one reflects that in the increasing series of human luxuries there is no point that produces contentment one cannot but feel that there is perhaps as much philosophy as folly in the gaucho's determination to exist without wants and the life he leads is certainly more noble than if he was slaving from morning till night to get other food for his body or other garments to cover it it is true he is of little service to the great cause of civilization which it is the duty of every rational being to promote but a humble individual living by himself in a boundless plain cannot introduce into the vast uninhabited regions which surround him either arts or sciences he may therefore without blame be permitted to leave them as he found them and as they must remain until population which will create wants devises the means of supplying them the character of the gaucho is often very estimable he is always hospitable at his hut the traveller will always find a friendly welcome and he will often be received with a natural dignity of manner which is very remarkable and which he scarcely expects to meet with in such a miserable-looking hovel on entering the hut the gaucho has constantly risen to offer me his seat which i have declined and many compliments and bows have passed until i have accepted his offer 
which is the skeleton of a horse's head it is curious to see them invariably take off their hats to each other as they enter into a room which has no window a bullock's hide for a door and but little roof the habits of the women are very curious they have literally nothing to do the great plains which surround them offer them no motive to walk they seldom ride and their lives certainly are very indolent and inactive they have all however families whether married or not and once when i inquired of a young woman employed in nursing a very pretty child who was the father of the criatura she replied quien sabe the religion which is professed throughout the provinces of the rio de la plata is the roman catholic but it is very different in different places during the reign of the spaniards the monks and priests had everywhere very great influence and the dimensions of the churches at buenos aires lucan mendoza etc show the power and riches they possessed and the greedy ambition which governed them it is a sad picture to see a number of small wretched-looking huts surrounding a church whose haughty elevation is altogether inapplicable to the humility of the christian religion and one cannot help comparing it with the quiet village church of england whose exterior and interior tends rather to humble the feelings of the arrogant and proud while to the peasant it has the cheerful appearance of his own home when it is considered that the churches in south america were principally built for the conversion of the indians to the christian faith it is melancholy to think that the priests should have attempted by the pomp of their temples and by the mummery of candles and pictures and images to have done what by reason and kindness and humility would surely have been better performed but their secret object was to extort money and as it is always easier to attract a crowd of people by bad passions than by good they therefore made their temples as attractive as possible and men were called to see and to admire instead of to listen and to reflect the power of the priests and monks has changed very much since the revolution at buenos aires most of the convents have been suppressed and the general wish of almost all parties is to suppress the remainder occasionally an old mendicant friar is seen dressed in gray sackcloth and covered with dirt but as he walks through the street looking on the ground his emaciated cheek and sunken eye show that his power is crushed and his influence gone the churches have lost their plate the candles are yellow the pictures are bad and the images are dressed in coarse english cotton on great days the ladies of buenos aires dressed in their best clothes are seen going to church followed by a black child in yellow or green livery who carries in his arms an english hearth-rug always of the most brilliant colors on which the lady kneels with the black child behind her but generally the churches are deserted 
and nobody is to be seen in them but a decrepit old woman or two whispering into the chinks of the confessional box the sad consequence of all this is that at buenos aires there is very little religion at all at mendoza there are several people who wish to put down the priests still however they have evidently considerable power once a year the men and women are called upon to live for nine days in a sort of barrack which as a great favor i was allowed to visit it is filled with little cells and the men and women at different times are literally shut up in these holes to fast and whip themselves i asked several people seriously whether this punishment was bona fide performed and they assured me that most of them whipped themselves till they brought blood one day i was talking very earnestly to a person at mendoza at the hotel when a poor-looking monk arrived with a little image surrounded with flowers this image my friend was obliged to kiss and the monk then took it to every individual in the hotel to the landlord his servants and even to the black cook who all kissed it and then of course paid for the honor the cook gave the monk two eggs the priests at mendoza live a dissolute life most of them have families and several live openly with their children their principal amusement however odd it may sound is cock-fighting every thursday and sunday i was riding one sunday when i first discovered their arena and got off my horse to look at it it was crowded with priests who had each a fighting cock under his arm and it was surprising to see how earnest and yet how long they were in making their bets i stayed there more than an hour during which time the cocks were often upon the point of fighting but the bet was not settled besides the priests there were a number of little dirty boys and one pretty-looking girl present while they were arranging their bets the boys began to play so the judge instantly ordered all those who had no cocks to go out of the arena upon which the poor girl and all the little boys were immediately turned out i soon got tired of the scene but before i left them i could not help thinking what an odd sight it was and how justly shocked people in england would be to see a large body of clergymen fighting cocks upon a sunday at san juan the priests have rather more power than at mendoza and this they showed the other day by taking the governor prisoner while in bed and by burning by the hands of the jailer on the plaza the carta de mayo which to encourage the settlement of the english in this province had lately granted to strangers religious toleration in the other provinces the priests have more or less power according to their abilities and generally according to their greater or less communication with buenos aires the religion of the gaucho is necessarily more simple than in the town as his situation places him out of the reach of the priests in almost all the huts there is a small image or picture 
and the gauchos have sometimes a small cross round their necks in order that their children should be baptized they carry them on horseback to the nearest church and i believe the dead are generally thrown across a horse and buried in consecrated ground though the courier and postilion who were murdered and whose funeral service i attended were buried in the ruins of an old hut in the middle of the plain of santa fe when a marriage is contracted the young gaucho takes his bride behind him on his horse and in the course of a few days they can generally get to a church. End of section 2